0: a DIY manual for the construction of stories by Steve Almond available from Zando. Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. Hey you guys, the other people podcast is a free show. It is offered freely more than 500 episodes, all available for free. You can listen for free. There's another people app that too is free. Go get it wherever you get your apps. It's all free. This is a listener supported program if you want to support the Other People podcast, you can do so at patreon.com otherpplpod. That's patreon.com otherpplpod. Okay, thanks.
1: You are not alone. You have found other people. You and I have a friend in common.
0: Every stupid thing that a writer could do, I've done.
1: I think it's really beautiful.
0: Gee, what a struggle, you know? And it was incredible. You know, was like your head exploded seeing what was really there. And now here's your host, Brad Listy. Just one person at just one time. Hey everybody, how's it going? <laughs> right. Welcome to the Other People Podcast. I'm Brad Listy. It's good to be with you. This is the Other People Show. Thank you for listening. I have Shauna Barbosa on the program today. She is a gifted young poet, originally from Boston, Massachusetts, and she has a collection out called Cape Verdean Blues, available from University of Pittsburgh Press. She was just here uh, about, uh, I don't know, two weeks ago. She lives in L.A. now. She moved out here. We sat down. We had a great time talking, and I'm excited to get to share that conversation with you in just a moment. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm a little tired. I've been out in the desert the last few days. I've been tweeting about it a little bit. So if you follow me on Twitter, you're probably aware of this. I was out in the desert with my family and uh it's like 3 days there was a heat wave. It was triple digits. We're very pale, freckly people. There was some discussion about leaving within like 4 hours of getting there. It's a bit of a panic, we wound up enduring. I was, you know, it's like I was pretty much the only adult who even got into a pool. <laughs> I don't know why we did that. So, I mean, it was fun. The kids had a good time. It's all about the kids. You go to a hotel, it feels sort of dirty. There's a million kids there. All these families tail end of spring break. It's been churning. Like, I feel like there's just been a churn of humanity moving through this hotel. It didn't feel clean to me. I'm not a germaphobe. I can deal with it. I'll deal with it. I got in the pool. I stayed in the room. I'm just saying, I don't understand how anything is sanitary. How do you keep a hotel sanitary? You probably don't. I also just want to give a shout out to uh, hotel housekeepers. It's got to be one of the jobs on this earth that I fear the most. That is a tough job. I cannot imagine doing that day in and day out, cleaning up after people. They deserve a reward. So, and you know what's, (laughs) I'm the only adult, did I say this yet? I, I was pretty much the only adult who even got into a pool. My wife got in like a little bit towards the end got six adults in our party I'm the one in the water I'm the one in the lazy river I'm the one on those fucking water slides kids are climbing all over me getting sunburned I'm the hero of my family I also want to briefly let you know that I'm very good at uh, trip planning I'm I'm actually good at travel planning so in my family so here's the thing (laughs) I feel like I sound a little bit like a germaphobe. And now I'm about to tell you how good I am and how much I like to actually be in control of planning travel. Uh, in In all respects, I like to drive if I'm on a road trip to the point where like, I'll drive 20 straight hours. Just let me drive. I know we'll get there. I know we'll get there safely. That's how I feel. But if like you really want to drive, I'll let you drive. And so I don't feel like I'm a total control freak. Like I will relinquish the wheel. I'm just saying... I'm happy to drive. I'll be the driver. You need a trip planned? I'll plan it. You need flights? You need a restaurant? You want me to find a place to stay? Just let me know your budget. I'll make sure you wind up someplace halfway decent. Or better than halfway decent. I feel like I actually have a gift for this. Maybe I should be a uh, concierge. I don't know. Just like everything, it's hard to travel with big parties. There's like 11 of us just trying to get a dinner reservation, just the logistics of moving everybody from place to place. It's a lot to deal with. You have to calculate things. You have to be uh, like hypersensitive to the uh, undulations of time. Is that a thing? I'm very tired. Hey, everybody. If you are a writer or an aspiring writer, or if you just love literature, Go get your copy right now, wherever you buy books. Shauna Barbosa is my guest. She has a poetry collection out called *Cape Verdean Blues*, available from University of Pittsburgh Press. She was a lot of fun to talk with, and I'm very pleased to get to uh, get to share this conversation with you. Here she is, ladies and gentlemen. This is Shauna Barbosa
1: you can't beat the weather and i miss public transportation i miss being able to cry on public transportation you can't do that here you can't cry it's like cry alone on a hill in silver lake and it's just not
0: it's not the same
1: yeah um but no i'm gonna stay you are yeah i'm gonna stay maybe i'll get a car but no i don't think i'll get a car but i think i'm gonna stay
0: do you know what you want to do like do you did you come out here with like a hollywood dream no no
1: i did not i just came out here because i wanted something new I was on the East Coast and since I was a kid, I wanted to go to New York or California or both. And I did New York. So I'm trying to give this like over a year to see what happens. But since I've been here, it's been like incredible just in terms of like my book, like everything has just been like super great. BuzzFeed was great. Um, the last month after BuzzFeed has been great. So I've, I, I like this LA energy You're that I'm getting. you making friends? Yeah you are i think do you, you have know.
0: did you have friends when you came out or yeah okay.
1: i did have some friends here so it wasn't the transition is still rough but it wasn't it wasn't as bad cuz i had some close friends here oh good yeah some friends who took me to ikea as soon as i landed so. oh wow
0: yeah. you got off the plane went directly to ikea no
1: nah, i went to target first <laughs> oh,
0: got to do the rounds <laughs> exactly um so what like so mm-hmm. you're originally from boston mhm that's where you grew up Yes. All right, Roxbury. Okay, but then, uh, you know, in your publicist sending me emails. She's like the Cape Verde American. Mm-hmm. So when did your, did your folks come over from Cape Verde? My dad did. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. My dad
1: came over from Cape Verde and... But you were
0: born here. Yeah, I okay. was born here. So first generation American. Yes. All right. So mm-hmm. Cape Verde, I must be honest. I had to Google that. I, I yeah. didn't know where it was.
1: A lot of people do. It's a tiny
0: little island. Why don't you explain it to people so that my listeners can get some reference?
1: Yeah, it's a tiny island off the west coast of Africa. I'd say it's like... About the size of Rhode Island. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's made up of ten islands. And my dad is from Fogo. The capital is Santiago. Praia is in Santiago. So Praia. Um, but yeah, no one ever knows about it. People are always like, "Oh, they're like, oh, what's the name of your book?" I'm like, "Hey, Birdie and Blues." They're like, "Nice." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, it's um, it's an island off the west coast of Africa." Sometimes if I do a reading. I'll I'll kind of let people know because then I have some poems that are taken from the Cape Verdean English dictionary, so then I I kind of you know let people know. Is, is Cape history.
0: Verde considered part of the African continent? Like, is it an it extension? Is. It is okay because it it's still it's kind of out there. It's not like right off the coast.
1: Yeah, so it is out there, and there's always confusion with that. Also, because Cape Verde was colonized by the Portuguese, so. I mean, we got our independence, say, in 1975, I think. But it is kind of like, you know, a mixed race country. So we do have some people in Cape Verde who consider themselves Portuguese and not African. Or, But it's an African country. But our language is a Portuguese... You speak Portuguese? African dialect. I don't. You don't? No.
0: Do you wish you did?
1: No. No. I mean...
0: (laughs) I ask all of my guests, by the way, if they wish they spoke Portuguese. It's sort of a routine for me. You're lying. I'm joking.
1: (laughs) No, I I don't. But I am going to learn because I would like um, to translate this book into Portuguese. Oh, really? Into Cape Verdean Creole. I'm uh, still working that out. But yeah. Okay. So it should be good.
0: That's cool. Yeah. And uh, do you go back there as a kid? Do you like go back to visit? Do you have family?
1: I have family there. I went in 2002 and I went in 2014. A lot of my immediate family, I feel like the last, my aunt just came here like a year or so ago and she was kind of like the last immediate, immediate family, but like her son is still there. So it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic.
0: I'll tell you what, considering what's going on in America right now, being on an island sounds pretty good to me.
1: It's a pretty great place.
0: Is it great? Is it beautiful?
1: Oh, my God. It's beautiful. The culture's amazing. Um,
0: People are relaxed.
1: They are. What's the
0: government like?
1: They're not nuts. They're not nuts. <laughs> no, no. It's
0: always a positive.
1: Yeah. like See? It's it's definitely one of the... Um, it's just very developed and kind of... It's one of the African countries that, you know... It's a success story. Yeah, totally. That's great. Um, but like everyone, everyone is, is getting it together, but... It's an amazing place. Everyone but the United
0: States of America. Basically. She's like completely sideways right now.
1: Yeah. So hopefully I get to just, you know, go there. And you have an there. escape
0: route. You can always be like, you know, what? I'm going to Cape Verde to chill out.
1: Yeah, I'm like, yeah. well, I'm going to work on my next book. You know, I'm just going to find someone to fund that.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on, BuzzFeed! Don't <laughs> you have Hello? a? You have like a scholarship? Netflix?
1: Where did my fellowship? Someone? You
0: know, there's a there's a cool like there's like wh- whatever happened to that Amtrak fellowship? Did you ever hear that? Oh
1: my God! I remember being so excited about that. And Are I they feel still like doing it? Only...
0: No. It was like one one summer. It was like they did it.
1: one time. And I remember looking it up and. I wanted that so bad.
0: So for people listening, Amtrak had a writer's fellowship where they would like let you ride the rails for free and would give you like a private suite or whatever on a train. And you could cruise around for a couple of weeks and just write while living on the train.
1: Yeah. It's, it sounded amazing. And I, around this time I wasn't, I didn't have my MFA. This was like years ago, but. Every year I was like, I'm going to be ready for this and I'm going to apply for it. And then she was gone. <laughs> what about
0: like Yado and stuff like that? Do you apply for those kinds of things?
1: I haven't. I never applied for Yaddo or McDowell. Um,
0: I never did either. I don't yeah. know. I never, I guess it would be hard for me with kids and everything. My, my wife would be like, what? You're going away for two weeks? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't yet. I haven't yet, but I did bread loaf. Um... Yeah, I just finished my MFA like a year ago, so I was always like, Oh I'll wait until I'm done. Where'd you go? Um, Bennington College oh, in you Vermont, did? yeah. Was
0: it as was it but you were were you actually there on campus or was it? It was a low res. It's a low it was, res. So
1: we were there like once a term, I guess. Was yeah. it good? It was great. You liked it? Yeah. I I liked it a lot.
0: Who were some of your classmates? I feel like I've talked to some people from Bennington. Um
1: Morgan Jerkins. Okay. She, I think she she graduated maybe a semester before I did.
0: She just came through town. Oh, she did on book tour. Like, oh, a, yeah, I she tried did. to get her to come in here, but I was like, I was so late. It was like the day before, and I emailed. Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Because I think she was at like Skylight. Um, I don't really know. Morgan Hannah Howard. She has a book. I think it's called Feast. Okay. She, she may still be there. I'm not sure, but I know. You know, we're all there. But I don't really know who else off the top of my head.
0: So, uh, born in Boston. Mm-hmm. Dad is from Cape Verde. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: what was childhood like in Boston? Like, Were you in Boston proper? Were you outside in the suburbs?
1: No, I was Boston proper. I was in Roxbury. Um, it was, it was great. You liked it. I loved it. And I loved it so much. It was real? weird. <laughs> okay. Okay.
0: So here's the thing though. I've had people on this show from Boston and uh, the conversation almost always goes back to what a racist city it is, mm-hmm. uh, how many problems they have with it. And my experience of Boston, which is, amounts to like one long weekend, is how much time I've spent in Boston. <laughs> I was like... How was that? I loved it. I was riding around on the train. What do you call the train out there? The MTA? Uh, or the T. The T. That's yep, right. The T. And uh, I was riding around on the T and I was walking around Harvard and I was like walking around the theater district and I went to see Paul Revere's house and it was just like... I loved right. it. I was like, the, look, the, the Charles River, it was beautiful, right. you know, but then over and over again, when I, t- and I always like have in my head, Massachusetts says this like forward thinking, but it's not.
1: No, it's absolutely not. But you um, liked it. You had a good time. So what I liked about it is, you know, I was with my family. It's home. Right. You know, it's Roxbury, but the thing is, it's very segregated, Uh So in Roxbury, I'm around Cape Verdeans, I'm around black people, I'm around Hispanics, I'm around West Indians. So, you know, we're around each other. So I didn't really experience, you know, overt like racism growing up.
0: Is there a big Cape Verdean community?
1: In Roxbury. In Roxbury. Roxbury, Dorchester.
0: Why? Was that just where people decided to go or?
1: Yeah. So so, I can't remember the year, Uh, but when Cape Verdean started immigrating um, to America, They went to, uh, because it was like the whaling trade, they went to like the port of New Bedford. um, So
0: this was a long time ago. Very long time ago. Because the whaling, whaling's not a thing anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: So they went to New Bedford. It was like New Bedford Provincetown um, over there, and then they just started coming in the city. So New Bedford in Massachusetts is a very large Verdean community. Provincetown has a large one, Rhode Island. So, yeah. So, I didn't, growing up, I didn't experience that because I, I was around um, black people all the time. But then as you get older, it, it's weird because I left Boston when I was 17. Uh-huh. So, I was around, you know, my people all the time. And then I left to New York when I was 17. And New York is super diverse. Where did you go to school? I started at Hunter College. No, I started at College of New Rochelle. Uh-huh. And then I went to Hunter College. Okay. Um... Yeah, so it's like super
0: It was like before your political consciousness dawned fully or yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: So I didn't you and got this out. was a while ago. Like I left Boston in two thousand five and then I went to New York. And New York is just the most diverse, wonderful place to grow up and become an adult. And mm-hmm. I was there for like five or six years. So I never had that experience with Boston and until I went back and I was like Oh my God. I was like, this is awful. <laughs> and I, I mean, These people are assholes. Right. So I loved it growing up. But when I went back and yeah. I was there for like another five or six years, I was like, this place is, it, it fucking sucks. Like it's awful. Like it's, it's still so segregated. I can't go out to dinner, to a bar, to a club, to any kind of like event. I'll be the only black person there. And you can't go and see people who look like you um it's just it's still very like i was the only black person in my office i was working at harvard it's just what were you doing at harvard it's gross i was an event planner okay yeah at harvard medical school
0: planning events for the medical school
1: yeah like what kind of events
0: (laughs) rave parties
1: so i worked in a biology department and um there would be like talks and seminars and scientists from all over the world would come and I would coordinate those events. Oh,
0: that sounds that sounds like a, a worthy cause, right?
1: No? Yeah, it was great. Are you kidding? Um, no, I actually, no. I loved working at Harvard and I met so many great scientists and um, no, I actually did like it. I used to always be like, oh, I hate this place. But then, you know... After a while, you look back. <clears throat> excuse me, and you're like, "Wow, I needed to be there, it was to be good. where I am." It was a step in your life. Yes, and it was great. Okay. I really, I really did love it. Um, but yeah, it's really when I was an adult that I went back, and it just felt like, "Oh, this is not a place for me. This is not a place that even wants me here."
0: Did you have a good child? But you had a happy childhood. It sounds like. Yeah. No. Should see the look on her face.
1: (laughs) I had a childhood. You had a childhood. I love. I love Roxbury. You do. Yeah.
0: But like childhood, was it? I mean, like what? Like what did your folks do? Did you have siblings?
1: I have like four, three, four. I have like four siblings. You had to you had Um, to think about that first. Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I I legit always have to think, but it's like I have two sisters and two brothers. Okay. Um, but no, it was great. I lived on this street in Roxbury, Burrell Street, and. You know Roxbury has like these three story homes, and it was like my mom and me and my sister on the first floor, and then like my aunts and uncle and cousins on the second floor, and then like my dad and my grandmother just really K Ver and shit like you know just stacked, yes, but that's amazing. good though
0: you had but you had togetherness
1: yeah I so envy I had that. that it was it was amazing because I could it's like my mom is she's African American black, so like you know I had the best of both worlds I can have like sunday dinner on um on like sundays and then i can go upstairs to the third floor for cachupa which is a traditional like cabridian dish so my grandmother was on the third floor so i I have like so much culture what what is what is cachupa cachupa it is cabridi's like very like traditional dish it's so hard to explain but i guess it's like in english it's like chickpeas okay like stewed chickpeas i can't explain but it's delicious it's incredible and then you, you know, you make it the first day, but then like the second day, the second day you have it fried, you like fry it with some eggs, it's like incredible. leftovers,
0: but you take it to another level.
1: <clears throat> yeah. But I wouldn't call it leftovers. That's how good it is. It's not leftovers, <laughs> but it is leveled up. Okay.
0: So, so you got your, you're you got extended family, you got extended family living, you know, in this three, three story house, mm-hmm. your dad's all the way upstairs. your parents together? No. Okay. But they lived in the same mm-hmm. building. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, they did what they had to do. Were they cordial? They had to do. Yeah, they were. They had to be. Yeah.
0: So did mom ever come up for what do you call it? Not Cachupa. Sure. <laughs> <Kachupa. laughs>
1: yeah, I don't think my mom was ever upstairs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she kept to the first floor.
1: But you know, no, actually, I have like this this image actually of my mom. So my mom learned to drive like pretty late in life, like early 30s, and my dad was teaching her. So actually, I just remember her coming upstairs. To tell me she got her license. It was weird. But if I was mad at my mom, I would go upstairs. I was going to say. If I was mad at my dad, I would go downstairs. You had options. Yeah. I grew up with my cousins, you know, two of my closest cousins, Kelly and Keitha. One was on the second floor, one was on the third. So I I grew up around family. And that's, um, yeah, it's just really important to me. That's lucky yeah i feel really really my
0: family's all spread out and it bums me out i really? wish i wish we i mean i say this maybe i would be miserable and i would be bitching about it on this show if they right, lived like <laughs> right next door but it would be so nice at this age especially with the kids like if they lived right. right but we're like you know all the way across the country i see them once or twice a year
1: yeah it's hard i don't see anyone now and yeah. i feel like now everyone i don't no one is as close
0: everybody's as... spread out
1: yeah That's what happens. So I'm glad I had that back in the day because now for me to see like Keitha, who lives, you know, like an hour outside of Boston, you know, it's, it's a little hard. So I'm glad I had that.
0: Okay. And then growing up, like, uh, like either of your parents in the arts, like, were you a literary household? No. Are you an anomaly in your family? Yes. You are Mm -hmm. from a young age. Mm -hmm. Like you were, you were like, I'm going to write or I'm, I like books and this is my thing.
1: Well... I don't, I don't know if if I made that decision, but it was like, it was really my dad, you know, neither are in the arts, both just have like a high school education, um, really just worked. But my dad, you know, he came to America for a better life. So of course he wants his first child, you know, you're the eldest. Yeah. Uh I'm my dad's, I'm my dad's first. So he was super strict with me. And, um, you know, I grew up, you know, in the hood, in the city, and, you know, he knew what that was like because he was working um, at DYS, so he saw all the kids. Oh, DYS is, like, Detention Youth Services in Boston, so it's like, you know, all these young kids getting arrested for, like, drugs and blah, 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 so he saw, like, you know, everything, and he could see right outside of our, our window, so he really, he was super strict, I couldn't play outside, it was like, you need to read a book. Read a book and go to bed. Read a book and do this. Read a book and do that. I was like, oh, can I go to a school dance? Read a book.
0: That was the answer. Yeah, I'm going to do that to my daughter. Yeah, that you should like a plan. <laughs> yeah, you turned out pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think I <laughs> turned out okay. You know, and at first I was like, wow, this is fucked up. <laughs> I couldn't do anything.
0: You couldn't date in high school? Nothing? Nothing like that?
1: No. So by the time I got to high school, we had moved from so. She, she got, she changed by okay. the time I got to high school.
0: As shit but, um, sometimes does. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so in high school, I wasn't interested in dating. Like it just wasn't my, it just wasn't what I was like into. Like I didn't, I don't, I didn't have a boyfriend until I moved to New York.
0: Okay. So this, that, I'm glad to hear you say that because I mean, I was interested in girls in high school. I mean, I was, I was a human being, right? but I wasn't like, I never really felt like, oh, there's a, f- a formal thing where I'm going to ask someone on a date or We're yeah. gonna, I was just sort of like, you, you know, from afar, maybe you know awkwardly talking about the possibility right <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean i liked I liked boys, and you know like I would like it was it was weird high school was really weird for me, but my focus i had two jobs in high school, and my focus was really like saving money so that I can go to school so I can pay for all of those fees um yeah, so I didn't have a boyfriend, I had you know you had
0: books and I have
1: both. I mean, I had little boys trying to talk to me, and I was just like, no.
0: <laughs> I'm focused. Now, you say you, so at that point, had you moved out of Roxbury, or you moved yeah, out of Dorchester? Yeah, I was
1: house? in Dorchester now. It was like 10, 15 minutes Isn't away. Isn't that
0: where Marky Mark is from? Yeah. He's from Dorchester? I
1: believe so. Okay. Yeah. I is think... there a
0: statue of him in town or anything? No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. We need a statue of Bobby Brown in New addition is what we need. Is, that, is he from Dorchester? <laughs> he's from Roxbury. Oh, he's from Roxbury? Yeah, he's from Roxbury, like. 5 minutes for me uh from where we grew up. I think my dad went to um high school with one of them. Maybe Ralph Tresvant or With New Edition? Yeah.
0: They were big when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, they were huge. Um but my dad went to high school with one of them. With one of them to um, Madison Park
0: I'm surprised. I mean Bobby Brown did not take very good <clears throat> care of himself and and um I I remember watching this is terrible, but I remember watching uh what was the show? The reality show that he did with Whitney when things were just a mess. Oh yeah, being Bobby Brown. Yeah,
1: something like that.
0: And I was just like, man, this guy is not going to survive, and yet he's the one who survived.
1: I know, but he seems to have gotten it together a you, bit. You'd have to, yeah. as a
0: function of age.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And he has like a young, like a young kid. I think I don't know.
0: Well, well, uh, okay. So you you go to Dorchester. What prompted the move to Dorchester? Um just new house or I,
1: I don't remember Okay, I, I wasn't I was young <laughs> but but my mom did get like a new job whatever we just moved into this apartment in Dorchester and that was like the last kind of place that I called home before you went was, to New York yeah
0: so when did you get it in your head <laughs> that you're going to go to New York City and like why did that why did that occur to you
1: why was it New York I don't know. I don't know why I was in New York. I was like, I want to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know I talked all that shit about being around my family, but after a while, I was like...
0: Yeah, I'm, I've had enough to get in this piece. <laughs> I'm out. like, you
1: know what? 17 great years, got to go. Yeah. Um. Well, I was very into music and... Are you musical? No.
0: But you like it. you're a fan of music. Yes. Okay.
1: Huge fan of music. So I was really into music into, uh, like hip hop culture. I was working at, um, a record store when I was in high school and I knew, and I loved magazines. So I also loved writing and I loved magazines. So like Vibe magazine, double XL. And I'm like, okay, I want to do this. Like I want to be, you know, interviewing people and writing about music and doing reviews. And you know, those places were in New York. That's what it was. Yeah. So, yeah i was like this is this is where i'm gonna go and i'm gonna try it out and so then i left and you did i did with
0: your parents support
1: yeah like let me tell you there were so many k-verdians in a car driving me to new york (laughs) 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 i feel like it was like there were like three cars that dropped me off at college and rural show it was like my mom my dad my stepmom her parents
0: were you the first person in your family to go to college Mm -hmm. oh that's awesome yeah they must have been thrilled
1: yeah so it was lovely. like my mom cried her eyes out, but yeah, everyone was super they were they were supportive and it was great
0: yeah my dad was the first person in his family to go to college, and like all growing up, it was like such a big deal yeah it's a huge deal it's absolutely. a you know education has always been a huge deal to him, but also his parents, mm-hmm. you know like people really i think especially if it's uh if that hurdle has just been uh Wept, crossed, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Then I think it it it's something that uh is more immediate. Did you right. feel a certain pressure to do well? I mean, like as the first, you know, once you got there, you're like I can't fuck this up, or were you just like normal college kid?
1: I feel like I was normal college kid because I guess maybe because just like my family dynamic. By this time, I kind of was just like everything I do is like for me. Like I got myself here. Um. But after a while, it was I got um, maybe like two months into college because I just didn't, I could not like sit back and just go to school. I started looking for internships. Like I'm a freshman in college, just turned 17. You're
0: already going for the career.
1: Yeah. So I was already going for it and I applied to be an intern with like a PR firm and I got it. Like they called me the same night. It's like, oh, we want you to start tomorrow. Was it a
0: paid internship? No. Oh, well, see, they're always looking for an unpaid intern. Exactly, rude.
1: <laughs> um, but they were like, yeah, and it was, um, yeah, it was like this PR firm, and I was just like doing all these events with them. It was insane. And then from there, I applied to be an intern with Vibe Magazine and XL, and I got both, and I had to choose. And you want to know the way I made my decision?
0: Yeah, how did you do it?
1: I said, which one of these folks who work here aren't... Going to be a stickler about college, Uh, what is it, college credit? Is that how you say it? Yeah, like, I mean, you meaning... Yeah, for the internship, you have to have, you have to be able to receive college credit. Uh Uh-huh. And, yeah, so I had to pick the one that I felt like wouldn't really, you know, be so serious about my paperwork. I
0: I don't get it. So they just wanted you, you just wanted to be able to do one without having to deal with uh, College New Rochelle or Hunter College? Well,
1: no, it's because... I guess when you're an intern, you don't, you're not able to receive college credit until like your junior year.
0: Oh, and you were doing it earlier. Yeah. So Uh I was,
1: it was my freshman year. So, you know, I would have to get like approval from my school and go through that process. But I, I was like three months into, (laughs) into my freshman year. So I just went with vibe and then that worked out and then I was hired.
0: Like for a paid job.
1: Yeah. I was the assistant to the editor in chief
0: wow look at you you got to you got to new york and within three months you're like i'm going straight for what i want yeah you didn't wait you didn't wait around
1: no i yeah like i couldn't and that then that when i got the job there that's when i started to feel the pressure because you know people at home you know my family back home was just like oh my god like you're doing this and i still had so many younger cousins you know who were just graduating or about to graduate high school and going to college and so i was like damn like i gotta keep going yeah. you know i really want them to you know to know that they can do this and that they can leave boston because cape verdians stick together um is there
0: a cape verdian uh, community in new york that you had access to or no no
1: no so yeah i would go home and, and see them whenever but um yeah i wanted them to know that like go to college like go ever so that's when i started to like feel the pressure
0: when you got the vibe job yeah why just like I got to do well I got to make sure I maintain this
1: yeah like for myself um actually maybe I think that's a lie I think I, I did it like I was doing it for myself like I needed to do this because I didn't have anything to fall back on you know my parents didn't have money so you know I ne- I had my own apartment I was like 18 got a keys like you know to a studio in the Bronx And i'm just like asking people like you know what do i do like there were older women at work and so yeah it wasn't honestly it wasn't until like a few years after all of that when i just had like a breakdown in new york that
0: crying on public transportation
1: totally like every day (laughs) um it was then i guess that i realized then i like moved back home for a couple months and then what I What was had, the like,
0: breakdown? Just the pressure of life or
1: It was just life. Boy? Mm, no, I don't think it was the boy And when you say break, When you
0: say breakdown, you just mean like I'm tapping out for a while, or did you like seriously like couldn't function?
1: It was like couldn't function. Really? <laughs> yeah. So I went home for a little while. And then I guess here's where the pressure shit and you know. I had, like, cousins be like, wow. I have, like, one person. I actually... This is... Why am I talking... Why are we talking about
0: it's this? My, this is my show.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> but I had a... <laughs> this is so funny. I'm sorry. Um, I was, like, at home. but I was, like, a mess. Like, right. <laughs> I just, like, went home, and I wanted to just be under my parents for a while. And... I get that. Yeah. Because I was, like, a mess. I couldn't take care of myself. So... But I have this cousin who was just like, wow, I used to look up to you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny now. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that he didn't mean it like that way. He was just like, you know, like I used to look up to you, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember everything now. But what did you say? I don't know what I said. I couldn't say anything because then I just felt so much bad. Like, I mean, so much worse. Yeah. Because. I like left the job at five. I was going like,
0: to say, so you're in the middle of all this. you you got the job at five. You're the assistant theater mm-hmm. in chief. You're at <laughs> college of New Rochelle or at Hunter by now.
1: I was like still at at college of New Rochelle. Like I took, I like, then I like took a leave or something like that.
0: And you just, uh, what, like, but what precipitated it? You just got exhausted. It was just too much pressure. I get, I mean, cause New York's a lot, you know, it is a lot. for a young person to navigate on there, especially you were mostly on your own figuring all this stuff out.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: are you doing drugs?
1: No, I don't even have any fun stories. Like I wasn't doing drugs or anything like that. Nothing it was like just that. a mess. Um, yeah, I probably should have been in therapy, like consistently, but like back then, like you know, like I wasn't. So I don't know, but I know he said that, and that kind of just like hurt me for like ten years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's stop
0: right there. This is a this is something I've been thinking about. Uh, or I've I've often thought about in my adult life is how you can you can hurt somebody for like a decade with one sentence.
1: Isn't that insane? And
0: not even know it that you did it. Like you can like that's the thing that's so crazy is that you can do that to somebody. They can internalize this, carry it with them, have a deep wound, not tell you about it, and then like you know a decade goes by and one day they say, by the way. Right. That one day, and you don't even remember doing it, and you're
1: like, "Shit." Yeah. If I if I said anything to anyone, if I've done this, and you're listening, please call me. Yeah, I'm. I want to make amends.
0: I'm guilt ridden. Like God only knows what I've done.
1: Listen, my mouth used to be crazy. (laughs) Like, I used to just. So yeah, let me know, guys.
0: What do you mean your mouth used to be crazy? I just. You got a temper.
1: I wouldn't say a temper. Okay. No, I don't have a temper. I just, um, I'm just good with words.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But see, this is the thing. That, okay, here's <laughs> another, here's another thing I think about <clears throat> writers in particular, people who have a facility with language or who really, you know, gravitate towards that mm-hmm. can be, uh, sharp tongued.
1: That's what it is.
0: And in heated moments or in disagreements or, you know, when the situation uh, calls for it or whatever, it can be very effective at using words to defend oneself or attack. Mm-hmm. But the problem <laughs> the problem is that that same ability uh, can be turned inward.
1: Absolutely. So
0: people who are uh, able to uh, use words to defend themselves and attack and all this stuff are usually having or, or, or have the, the potential to have like really dark conversations mm-hmm. with one, you know, with themselves.
1: Yeah, that's really true. But yeah, I had that ability since I was really young. But you know, now... You You can talk shit. Yeah. But now I just, you know, I choose silence. I like to think for a long time before I respond to people.
0: You can do that? Do you ever... But you can... You have the self-control if the situation starts to get a little heated just to to walk away.
1: I wouldn't say walk away, but...
0: Not say the thing. Yeah. See, I got to get better at that.
1: Yeah, like I can... I mean, it, it. of course, it like depends on like what's happening, but in the moment, like I just, I have to think before, cause, you know, I don't, it doesn't serve me or the other person for me to say something that's really fucked up.
0: Yeah. That's very adult of you. Yeah. So, as you're saying this, I'm reflecting on what I was telling you when you first came over about the basketball hoop. <laughs> for those of you listening... <laughs> Uh, I, my daughter played basketball and enjoyed it this past, uh, season. She played like in a youth league. And so we've had this hoop that I was supposed to set up ever since Christmas. It's now like almost April. So I tried to set it up yesterday and I was telling Shauna that, uh, because I'm not handy at all. And I think I'm, I'm I think I'm a little bit insecure about the fact that as a man, I, I'm like terrible at putting things mm-hmm. together. I don't like tools I, like, you know. I guess I'm too privileged. I didn't, I didn't have to like use like a socket wrench when I was a kid or something. Yeah. I feel
1: like I should know how to use tools too. So I kind of feel you. Yeah.
0: I'm like, what? Like, I don't know. There's (laughs) something like, it's some sort of area of weakness. So I had like a Clark Griswold meltdown because the basketball hoop would not assemble. And I loaded it into our truck and drove it to a dumpster and threw it away.
1: I, I did not know the story was going to go there. I thought like, you know, you're going to call Task Rabbit.
0: No, I should have like a normal American.
1: Yeah. Just call Task Rabbit. Well,
0: I'm going to get another hoop and I'm going to call Task Rabbit like as punishment. I should have to pay for another one.
1: Right. Right. I need And, to then, be... pay for Task and then pay for Rabbit
0: And then pay for Rabbit And then stand there and be emasculated while Task Rabbit puts the hoop together in 10 minutes.
1: You can just like go, just go sit inside, have some coffee, let them do their <laughs> thing. You don't have to witness it. I'll be back
0: here doing watercolors. <laughs> Well, TaskRabbit assembles my right. hoop. Um, but yeah, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I, I, think, uh, I think about like part of being a, a healthy human being and a, you know, a well-adjusted adult, but like psychologically well, it's like learning to um, know when to be silent, mm-hmm. learning how to take care of difficult emotions, learning how to like know what to say to yourself when you talk to yourself.
1: Right. That's fucking hard. That's... Really difficult. I'm
0: still. I mean, I think I'll probably be working on that for the rest of my life.
1: I think we all will. Okay. I don't think no one. I don't think anyone will. No.
0: Do you believe anybody? Have you ever met a truly wise person in your life? Myself. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Every time I look in the mirror.
1: Every time I say, you know what? A truly a truly wise person. Yes, I have. There's someone in my life. My um, older cousin Tamini. She's a truly wise person.
0: She's got like a deep soul.
1: A very deep soul, and what does she do? Because you're a she's poet, a nurse. Right? Yeah, I mean I'm you got You
0: got you're a deep soul. Yeah,
1: but you know how it is. Like you,
0: you're mercurial.
1: Yeah, but you can also you can always give people things and say all the right things to others, but you know, yeah, to yourself it's just.
0: And your cousin's a nurse and she's like taking care of people.
1: Exactly. She's confronting
0: on a daily basis the fragility of life. Yeah. I think, yeah, nurses, to be, to do that work mm-hmm. and, and to do it well, like it takes a certain inner strength, I think. Absolutely. It's like people who are like hospice workers. Yeah. I'm like fascinated you're, by that.
1: Yeah. That's that's beautiful work and I probably couldn't do it.
0: I've thought about it. I like to imagine really? that. Well, I mean, I just like to imagine that I yeah. could do it.
1: I would just cry the entire time and that's not helpful. But
0: at some point you would have to get annoyed to it if it's your job, if it's your day in and day out. Like not that you would become cold, but just right. that you, you'd have to sort of...
1: Like this is this is life.
0: This is life. And
1: yeah, I mean, I can only imagine like how, you know, those people view life like when they go home. Like does it make them better, stronger?
0: I would think they would. I think you would or appreciate maybe not.
1: It. Not afraid to die.
0: I, well, you know, that's kind of why I think I'm fascinated. <laughs> right. Be, be sure it would be nice to shed that fear.
1: Seriously. Like, yeah. Wow.
0: So maybe that's what we should
1: do. I think so. Fuck BuzzFeed. Let's fuck go Buzz be feed, for- Fuck <laughs> Netflix. Let's just go be hospice. You know, the, I don't know. This is probably not recent, but maybe recent, but you know, people who read poetry, um, like maybe I can go read poetry to people in hospice.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I could bring Twiggy. She could be a therapy. Oh my God, <laughs>
1: no, she should be a therapy. Can I have her? No, but I don't think my poetry would like really help anyone at the end of their life <laughs> yeah they need
0: like they need like Rumi you need to go in there and like read Rumi exactly
1: people. I, I wouldn't read my work, but <laughs> read someone else's
0: yeah it's, you know i uh I really like to read poetry. I find as I get older or like maybe busier and especially if I'm trying to get ready to write, I like to read poetry as a way to like get myself into that brain space. Mm -hmm. And I have an increasing affection for people who are able to distill, um, you know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. take things, it really feels like you're boiling things down to an essence, uh, when you're doing it well. And I don't know, I guess, I, I think that might be just a function of being super busy. It's just so nice when I can go super deep, super quickly,
1: Right. You know? <laughs> like you don't have to do anything yourself to get there, but read. Right. And read no, like a couple awesome. pa- a couple
0: pages. Yeah. And it's like, wow, they've done all this work for me. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. So it really how, sets you up. So how does it happen for you when you're working on a piece of writing? Like, because I talk about doing all this work and then it's a, a relatively quick reading experience. It would seem to imply that the, the, the poem takes forever to write, but a lot of times I feel like these things, they come out pretty quick when they come. Is that, is that the case or no?
1: I think for me, like sometimes it'll be like thirty, forty-five minutes to write a poem, and I'm like, you know what? Where's my why? I'm like, well, you know why? I don't know why people aren't waiting for me outside the house well, with the balloons. applause. Yeah. like come on. So for me, it's like I think it it takes a lot to get there. Like I just finished a poem the other night, and I had like maybe the first ten lines. I've had those. I've had that for like two or three months. And then the other night I went back to it and I would say like in 45 minutes, I was done with this poem. Yeah,
0: and But you did. But the thing is, is that it's, it's a, it's misleading to say that like, oh, it was 30 or 45 minutes. Cause you have to accrue all this experience. I'm assuming some of the experiences that you're working from weren't necessarily pleasant or easy. And so, or you've, you've read all these books or you've tried to write poems that have failed. And so Mm -hmm. there's a lot that goes into that 30 or 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's of course just not this like 30, 45 minutes. I, what I usually do is I work from just a document of notes of notes and lines. So everything from when I started those 10, those first 10 lines, like from that day, I'll have notes like up until then. And I believe that all of those those images and notes that I wrote serve those ten lines, so then I work from there
0: so you you you're a person who you have a notebook on you at all times
1: no well, i do i have like my planner, but it's usually in my planner or my notebook or my 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 notes app
0: <laughs> your, yeah your iphone
1: yeah so they're they're everywhere but um if there's like a certain amount of time, I don't know if I'm explaining it correctly, but If I write a poem, right? If I start a poem and then I have all these notes and it's just all around the same time and make the images like may not be related, but I believe that they are because they came around the same time. Sure. Yeah. Same psychological space. Yeah. So now that I have moved on from that poem, then we'll see like, you know, what comes later. I don't know if that makes sense. I
0: hope you take notes after this. And yeah, I will. Eventually, there's going to be a home. But poem. like, why? So
1: talking about uh, Roxbury and this three-family house that I love so much. Yeah,
0: no, it's good stuff. And um, just to go back to the, the bio, like what you mm-hmm. came back. You came back to New York. You know, you went home for this two-month um, respite, and then you came back to New York. Obviously, right? You yeah. Went to Hunter College after that.
1: Yeah, and then I dropped out.
0: And then you dropped out.
1: Mm-hmm. I didn't know and that. And then I went back to Boston.
0: And then you went back to Boston. Okay, so <laughs> there's uh, a
1: lot going on. We do not need to get into this full
0: I like this is interesting though. This is formative. Okay. So you go back did you go back to vibe? Or no?
1: No. Um what did I go I don't I d don't know what I did. I was actually I was just temping a bunch of different places in the city.
0: But were you in school?
1: For a bit of it. A bit of it. Mm-hmm.
0: And so, but you were ready to be, it seems like you were just one of these people who was like kind of ready to be professional. Yeah. Like you were like school, uh, you know.
1: Yeah. I mean, I love learning, but I love, yeah. Like I wanted to be a professional. I wanted to just jump right into my career. I felt like I.
0: Were you taking on student loan debt? Yeah. And were you like, you know what? I don't want to take. Was that a stress? Like thinking about doing the school and being like, I'm accruing all this debt.
1: No, I didn't really think about that because when you're that young... You're just like, I, yeah. I, got, I got time. <laughs> you're like, you know I got time. I'll pay this off. I'm going to make all this money. And then, you know, you're almost 30 and you're like, wow. Wow.
0: Yeah, my wife didn't finish uh, paying her debt off until her mid-30s.
1: Yeah, it's it's insane.
0: It's insane. I feel like... Uh, I feel like college should be tuition-free. State college. Like, kids, kids should not have to... Like I, I, you know, I always go back to this conversation that I had on this show years ago with Ben Fountain mm-hmm. and his dad was like a university administrator. He was like, a, you know, on the board of regents or something, right. but for like a local, like small either commuter school or community college or something in like North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And he said something that I've never forgotten, which is that like, we should not be asking students to like invest, quote unquote, invest in their futures by taking on a debt burden of like a hundred thousand dollars. Right. We as a society should be investing in our young people so that when they come out of college, they don't, they're not under the weight of all this debt and they can immediately go out and be in the black and like be buying houses and you know what I'm saying? Like it's better for the economy.
1: Yeah. That makes absolute sense. But yeah,
0: it's not the way that it is. Absolutely not. So you go back to New York. When did you drop out of school? You went to Hunter for how long?
1: After Hunter. So maybe like a semester or two. And then you're just like, I'm
0: I'm tapping out. I'm done.
1: Yeah. You know, mama had to go back to Boston.
0: You went back to Boston. Yeah. Did you have a relationship issue? Was it like a boy? Did a boy break your heart? (laughs) What happened to you? Yes. Okay.
1: However, it wasn't like because of him, like that. I Like that was, that was like a really, you know, unfortunate time and thing that happened. But it wasn't because of him. I just had things that I had to. I think that maybe triggered triggered like the fact that I had to deal with a lot of other shit, and I think like that's that's what it was. But I would never attribute like me um, leaving New York to like that breakup. Like okay. it wasn't at all, and I never actually thought about that. So no.
0: Okay, but what was the other shit? That you, like just family shit, but like just yeah, personal stuff like getting your getting yeah. a, yourself put together, making sense of maybe uh, family dynamics that you had Mm -hmm. been aware of in childhood, but maybe hadn't fully articulated yet.
1: Absolutely. That
0: sort of stuff. Yeah. Coming to terms with that. Mm -hmm. Were you able to do it? By going back? Like, was it like a go back and make sense of it and confront it? Or was it? No.
1: Like, back then I went back because I didn't have no money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you weren't, like, returning to do some sort of, like, anthropological right, like, oh, study no. of I your. I to
1: talk to my parents. <laughs> no, I need to go live with them, actually. Yeah. Um, No, yeah. I went back because, yeah, I needed their support. Sure. And so now, what is this, like, eight years later? Yeah, Mama got to you never together. Fi- You didn't finish school, no.
0: And then you just, but you went out into the work world.
1: I went out into the work world, and, and then you're... I applied to get my MFA at Bennington. How do
0: you get an MFA without a B um, or a BFA?
1: I don't know. You have my writing sample.
0: Wow, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, like that's what it was. Like I heard that they, at this point, like they made exceptions. You know, for I guess you know extraordinary uh talent, I guess yeah. and i I didn't know like but what would happen, but i I think I met Michael Jumanis, who is a poet and he teaches undergrad there, and I met him like at a conference, and he was just like, "I think he's the one who told me, and I'm like, really, and then I met Josh Bell when I was taking classes at Harvard. I took his workshop and yeah, he was, like, super encouraging. He's like, you need to be... So
0: you were taking classes at Harvard?
1: Yeah, so I first started at Harvard Extension School, and then I started... Then I took two courses with Josh Bell at the School of Arts and Sciences. Okay. And, um, yeah, and he was like, you should, you know, be in grad school. You should be getting an MFA. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I just... At this point, I wasn't super... I didn't know that my poetry was anything at this point. So i was like really so i just i just tried i put together a writing sample and i went to vermont and i stayed in the cabin and how yeah, was that it was great maybe did a little drugs and wrote an essay and applied
0: <laughs> did you really I mean, uh- like mushrooms <laughs> yes <laughs> did you really and you wrote an essay
1: and i went out in the rain with my friend and we were just she and i were out there and it was like wow this is great and, um, yeah. And then I went back in and I wrote this essay <laughs>
0: and it was, and it got you into, it got you into your master's program. This is fabulous. Yeah. Okay.
1: So yeah. And then, and then I got in, but
0: it was, it so it was a good time. Like you didn't have, cause mushrooms can get wonky sometimes. No, it, a, it
1: was, it was a great time. And you're
0: in the right space though. You're out in the woods.
1: Yeah. Like it was great. And you know, I would only do something. Such as that around people that I trust. Right. That's something that I'm like, you know, people you trust, and that you know, if anything happens, you know, that you'll be okay. And, right. Um. Yeah. So it was. It was great. What was the essay about? Who knows? I,
0: like, <laughs> I want to read that essay.
1: I'm pretty sure it's not even good.
0: <laughs> I bet you it's a. I bet you it's a masterpiece.
1: I don't know. But it was part
0: of the application. It was yeah. like tell us about something. Like you know, it's like it was like part of the Bennington literature. Yes. and you responded to it. Yeah, and you got in.
1: I probably should not be saying any. I, of I think
0: that's fantastic. Oh my god! <laughs> so okay, so then you get into the low res program. You're living in Boston still. Yes, and you complete the low res program. Like, like I'm trying to like piece together your uh, geographic trajectory.
1: I was in Boston this entire time of my of my MFA. So the, the only res- t- but you were in
0: New York for. How much time? Didn't you say like four or five years?
1: Yeah, from 17 to like 22. But you were
0: only 15? in school like a, a year and a half or two years ago. Yeah. That. And then I the rest like of the time you were of... just working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So it was like
1: a lot of bouncing around. But um, So it was like 17 to maybe like 22, and then I went back to Boston.
0: But see, I think Something just living like in New York from 17 to 22 – that is an education.
1: That was incredible. Yeah. Like, I'm so grateful for that time. And I spent a lot of time, you know, a few years ago, just kind of, like, beating myself up because I feel like, um, like, I failed. You know, like, I didn't stay in New York and I didn't end up with this, like, editor job. Mm. And
0: Those jobs are fleeting anyway, right?
1: Yeah. And I'm like, that, it's obvious, like, that wasn't for me. um, You know, but back then I thought it was, but I needed to be actually making you know making the art and not you know in an office so yeah i used to just like i used to beat myself up because i said oh my god like i failed and um my little asshole cousin doesn't look up to me anymore (laughs) (laughs) let's get him Um, on the phone is it a he yes i actually did tell him you did yeah when did i tell him i told him (laughs) i had like a party like a when I. Got the BuzzFeed job to move here. Whatever, I had like a going away party, and he was there. And like I told him, and he felt so bad. <laughs> <laughs> he like didn't know what to do. And I was like, "Well, you need to watch." Your mouth. Maybe you just think about that for a second. <laughs> right? Decade.
0: Think about how badly you
1: wounded me. <laughs> just think about that, you know. <laughs> and uh, no, I love him dearly. He's my actually my god brother. Also, I love him so much. But anyway, um, yeah, it was a great time. It's been a great time. New York City. Yeah, I, I'm really, like, really, really grateful to 17 to 22 to have that time. I don't. Yeah, and it then, taught me a lot.
0: And then you went to Boston. You were living at home mm-hmm. until you got the BuzzFeed gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I was living at home with my dad. You see, came at West to seek uh, fame and fortune.
1: Yeah, I did. It's an American story. Yep. I'm so rich now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you, like, do you have an idea of what you want to do? Like, I know you're a publishing uh, collection, but,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, that doesn't tend to make it uh, rain. You know, like, I feel like. Well, you
1: don't know what this is going to bring. You never know. You never know. know. (laughs) I may be the poet who just strikes it large big hey, huge
0: <laughs> I, you know what we should we should talk because there are poets uh, i want to say i was reading a profile of this instagram poet okay see and i know people have qualms about this but all i'm all i want to bring up is the mm-hmm. fact that the form which i i have argued this for years the form actually uh fits the internet
1: totally better
0: than longer form it's harder to read like a long form piece online absolutely but poetry i feel like you can it's viral it can disseminate right And so there are maybe ways, like this young, uh, you know, poet, Instagram poet, she's selling a lot of
1: books. No, she is. She's she's really doing her thing, and that's amazing. But I don't – I just don't think that I can do that, like that I can make poetry.
0: It's like the roomie of the internet kind of, you know?
1: Yeah, like that's just not – that's not me. But I think it's great, and maybe people can – I just hope that people can – be open to long form and you know did that like that's great but i think she is opening doors hopefully it's opening doors for people to you know
0: explore other kinds of poetry exactly like
1: that so i like that's i think that's great for poetry
0: because it's got to be sort of short you got to have you got to be really compressed in order to fit it onto a screen or whatever
1: right or maybe i can just you know i can just put parts of the poems tastes yeah, just you know, buy my book, <laughs> read this, retweet it, regram it, whatever. And then, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, what do I want to do? I want to teach.
0: Oh, you do. Yeah, like you want to teach uh, poetry, English, that kind of
1: stuff. Yeah, I'm to teach poetry. I really want to work with high school kids, though. That's my passion. I love working with, um, with high school kids. Why is that? You had to get them while they're early, right? Yeah, before you had to get them before they come become assholes, and then they're like in college and grad school, and they think they know everything. So you really want to get them out there early. Yeah. So they can be like, "Shauna taught me." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, I think this is a great time. I have worked with high school students before. When? Um, during my time in Boston, um, I was a just an after-school tutor.
0: You've done a lot of things.
1: A lot. <laughs> yeah. A ton. Um, but it, even gives, you some, it gives you some
0: self-knowledge. I think if you if you try a lot of different things, even if a lot of them are like, quote unquote, failed experiments or mm-hmm. like, well, that was, I'll never do that again. Right. You're learning. You yeah. Know.
1: And it's funny because I don't, I've done so many things and I don't see any of them as like failed experiences. They're just like, they've just always been like informative and just like, you know, have served me even if it's later. Sure. But um, yeah, I just like working with high school students because they're, they're tough. Okay. These you... kids
0: from Parkland uh, Listen. i they you know, I would not want to be on the receiving end. They know they yeah. know how to do it.
1: They know what they're talking about and they're just they're they're they are a tough a tough crowd. So but yeah, just working with them because as tough as they are and like the kids that I worked with, like, you know, I couldn't walk in there like looking in a mess because they would be like Shana,
0: <laughs> what's up?
1: Like, what's going on?
0: Late night, <laughs>
1: right? Like, <laughs> they will call you out. Yeah. Um, but they also are just, just so innocent, and they're really just so open, right? And vulnerable,
0: know? and like the, like they're because I, you know, I can sort of remember that when I was that age. Like, the world really is wide open to you. Everything yeah. kind of seems possible.
1: Right. That's when you're really like, even if you don't know it. When someone introduces you to something, you know, you don't you don't know that you're looking for it. You don't know that you want it, that you need it. And just being able to bring poetry and literature to kids when they're young, even if they don't go to grad school for it, they'll always, like, you know, know the power of reading and, you know, of imagination. And I want to do that, like, you know, with younger kids.
0: Did you have a teacher in your high school life that was, like, particularly meaningful to you that, like, maybe set you on this course
1: no no but it did have an english teacher miss Gompha, in 10th grade who told me well not me she told the class i don't know we were reading some story but i will never forget she said love doesn't pay the rent okay and that has nothing to do with anything <laughs> but i remember that from Miss it's
0: kind of it's kind of depressing <laughs> miss gonfa is dark
1: no it taught me a few yeah. things in this life as That's an right. adult okay toughen you up can't be out here thinking love's gonna pay these bills.
0: Yeah, you got to go out and do it.
1: <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I want to work with kids.
0: Okay, that's a that's a noble uh, aspiration.
1: Yeah, as a side job though, because you know that doesn't pay either. <laughs> but you
0: could te- you could teach a, you could teach high school, right? That's yeah. a full time job.
1: No, yeah, but you know,
0: do you want to do that though? Do you want to like be a teacher at a high school who shows no. up?
1: No, a- I'll do like a summer course maybe. Okay.
0: <laughs> you want- I'll do
1: a. Couple workshops.
0: You want to be free to roam. You like to move around. I do. You don't want to be locked into anything. No. No. I don't. You got a poet's soul. You want to just like roam, you know?
1: Yeah. Like I want to go to, I do want to, you know, go back to Cape Verde and spend some time there to work on this translation, to work on.
0: Like translating your own work. Yeah. To be published there.
1: Mm-hmm. But also I want to work on translating um, this Cape Verdean poet that I love. Who, so, who is? George Barbosa. Okay. We're not related. I was going to say, but yeah. no relation? Jaji Barbaza. No, we're not. Uh maybe though. So this there's like a thing that all Cajertians are related. So you never know. You never know. It's well, my cousin. I
0: no, I used to go back uh, to, you know, to Louisiana where my folks are from every year. Mm-hmm. And my dad's from a small town. And like everyone's Little sort food. of like your cousin. Yes. <laughs> I remember this is I remember being in a bar and like I was in high school, but like down mm-hmm. there you can sort of just do whatever you want. And, right. I was drinking, and I was like talking to some girl. My my other cousin Jerry comes up, and he's like, "She's your third cousin." I was like, "Whoa!" Like, take it you. easy, Brad. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> like, thanks, <laughs> like, thanks thank for the you. heads thank up. <laughs> you. I had no idea.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's totally like that. Like in okay, K. writing culture, someone has to put you on, just like let you know, hey, that's your cousin. Yeah. Take it easy. Uh huh. Um, but yeah. So I yeah, I wanna I wanna I wanna move around.
0: You're young too.
1: Mm, I think I'm old. How old are you? I'm about to be thirty in June. Oh, come on! No,
0: you're a but a mere child.
1: My back hurts.
0: You, you want to trade? I, I'll give you my Listen, back.
1: My back hurts. Okay?
0: I I had to like, I, you know, I could barely walk yesterday after fucking with that basketball hoop for two hours.
1: Oh yeah. I had to
0: like go upstairs and lie on the floor.
1: You need to go do some yoga now. I know. Yoga I need, Mondays.
0: Yoga Sundays. That's my Sunday thing.
1: Yeah, but now it's yoga Mondays because your back hurts from the basketball. I don't know. What I really need? To do, <laughs> what
0: I really need? You know what I need? What? I just need a, I need a rest. I just need like a week to just lie down just a, in a dark room. Do nothing.
1: That's kind of boring.
0: Guess what time I woke up this morning? What time? 4.30.
1: That's what time you wake up every day?
0: Pretty much. Not and No alarm. I just wake up at 4.30.
1: What time do you go to bed?
0: Like 11. It's not good. I yeah. want to sleep nine hours a night. Right. I aspire. I'm not one of these people who's proud. I'm not, I am not. don't like competitive stressing.
1: Right. Where it's like, <laughs> oh yeah?
0: I only sleep four hours a night. Like... That shit bugs the shit. You know, like, I wish I could look you in the eye and be like, "I slept nine blissful hours." Right?
1: So, yeah, I couldn't do that either.
0: You know. <clears throat> so, what, what about uh, spiritual stuff? Where are you spiritually? You an atheist? No. You like? Where? What, what do you think?
1: I think there's a spirit in this in this room.
0: You do, like no. a third party spirit? No. Oh, no, I'm
1: kidding, but probably. Um, I'm spiritual. I didn't really. I didn't grow up like with religion.
0: Nothing. None of that yeah what's happening in cape verde spiritually is there like a you know is everybody catholic or is it mostly yeah okay yeah so you but you were not raised catholic
1: no So my dad is not like my dad is not religious but my stepmom is my stepmom's catholic she goes to church every sunday Uh and my younger siblings they go to church every sunday but not my sister anymore because she's about to be 17 and teenagers are assholes so she's kind of over it but my little brother's 12 and he still goes
0: i was raised catholic
1: Yeah. Did you go to church every day? I mean, every Sunday (laughs) I I
0: quit when I was like, I was really bad. I was never into it. Yeah. Like even as a small boy. Yeah. And so I think like by the time I was like, I don't know, 12, 13, my parents started to just be like, this is more, this is too much work. (laughs) Yeah. It was like a task. (laughs) He really doesn't like this. Right. (laughs) Um, but you didn't have any of that growing up. No. So, but you, have you had to come to any uh, understanding on your own? Is that important to you?
1: It is important to me and I have like, you know, I'm, I'm spiritual. I believe, I believe in God, believe in a higher power, believe in the universe. But like a judging
0: God that's like evaluating your, your, your performance here on this earth or more of like a God is everything, connective, cosmic.
1: Not really a judging God. I wouldn't say that, but I do, um, you know, I do try to make decisions and behave in a way that I, yeah, that I, that I feel. That God would be proud of? Yes. (laughs) I would like to make it in. Um, (laughs) I just, you know, I try to behave in a way that my stepmom would be proud of. Well, it's like, but that's the
0: thing. I don't know if you necessarily need religion in order to, to have a sense of morality. I don't think you do. You have to have a sense of like what morals and ethics are and like yeah behave in a way that doesn't harm other people
1: yeah and that that's really what i strive to do every day is not to hurt people
0: what do you think happens when we die
1: listen i don't know you don't know okay
0: i'm just i always i actually
1: have a dream about dying like every night and it's it's weird and awful
0: every single night mostly yeah what is it what does it involve
1: i don't it's it's really hard to explain but i wake up and i'm just like oh i died last night it's
0: So in your dream you die. Do you know the method? Like are you
1: No. Get hit by a boss or No, but something always happens that I wake up and I feel like death. <laughs> it's it's a lot. See,
0: this is the good stuff. <laughs> Finally got there.
1: What the fuck is this interview? <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really and I'm like, "Oh, okay." So I have like a morning i have like morning rituals and routines that i do like i i need a lot of time to like get ready in the morning how much time i wake up like six so when i was working i had to be work at 10 and i probably wouldn't leave my house until like nine thirty. so, so it's like hours. yeah like three and a half hours i'm the same way yeah
0: i i think that's part of the reason why i like to get up so early I want to have as much time as possible in the morning. I, I got to ease into my day.
1: Yeah. Like I can't, can't just, just start.
0: No, I can't roll out of bed and be mm-hmm. like on my way to something. Like I got to have some time.
1: Yeah. I, I don't feel like it doesn't feel right if I just like go into something. So I need hours to like shed that energy.
0: Every night <clears throat> this happens to you.
1: Almost every night. You wake up. Mm-hmm.
0: It wakes you up out of a dead sleep. You're like, Oh my God. I yeah, just died. I wake
1: up like 3 a.m. Usually. And then sometimes I'll like, Get my phone. I'll respond to like all my East Coast family. Right. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Well, i like, just up. I'm just well, not really dead.
0: <laughs> just <laughs> glad to be alive here. <laughs> so. I'm texting you
1: because I can. I'm <laughs> just trying to remind myself <laughs> that I'm here.
0: I still have small motor ability. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's really hard, I think, when you wake up. I never can understand because my wife can do this. Like, She can like wake up, go pee at like 3 in the morning, get back into bed fall right back asleep. Mm-hmm. If I get up in the middle of the night, like I can fall asleep, but if I wake up,
1: you can't it. go back. No, yeah.
0: I'm up. And then I'm thinking and it's like, you know, I've got to either turn the TV on and like, right. Zone out or sometimes I'll get on my phone, but then I just, I find myself reading too much news and it just gets me anxious. And yeah.
1: Then... I don't read or watch the news ever, ever. The only news I, I, I like, like, is this a conscious decision? Yeah. Or... I feel like what I'm meant to know will come to me. So damn, um, yeah.
0: Are you aware that Donald Trump is president? Like, <laughs> who's
1: that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no wonder. She, I noticed you were like so happy and like all yeah. I'm like, wow, this. You got to figure it out. Great energy
1: here. Um, yeah, I mean, I am on Twitter. You know, like I am on Twitter, and I try hard not to like read my timeline so much because it's just so awful toxic yeah so what i but what i do like see it's rare that i even will click a news article so i'll like see headlines um are
0: you doing this because you used to do it and you noticed that it was having a corrosive effect on you or are you just someone who's like you know what i see this for what it is i'm not participating i'm out
1: no because i used to do it like you know i would always read the news um or, you know, yeah, like, read it online. So I don't, I don't have a TV or anything. But, yeah, I just I just can't do it anymore. Like like I said, like, what's what I'm meant to know, like, will find me. If, like, if someone sends me something and they're, like, hey, you should read this, like, this is information you need to know or something like that, then, of course, like, I'll read it. But, yeah, I'm just, like, really selective. I like to try to control what I can, like, what I take in online because there's just, like, so much. Like, it, it's a lot. So
0: and there's no TV at home. No. What do you do? Well, there is a TV. Oh,
1: I I have a roommate. I have like a couple of roommates, but like there's a TV like in the living room. And, um,
0: but you don't watch it.
1: No, I watch Netflix on it, but like there's, there's like no cable. We just like, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like, so you're watching movies. Yeah. You're reading books. You're not reading any news. Mm -mm. That's a healthy media diet.
1: No. I mean, yeah. Like it is. I still need to you know cut back on Instagram a bit
0: <laughs> you're big are you big on social
1: i'm not I'm not big on social,
0: but I mean like you do it a lot like you're on like all the different
1: yeah platforms. like i'm on I'm on Facebook the least, but
0: I think you gotta delete your Facebook,
1: yeah, I think so too, but here's the reason why it's time to go I think I want to delete you know this personal account that I've had since two thousand and five and maybe just make one that's just for my book because Cape birdians love Facebook Uh, and it's really, you know, like how they get their news. It's, you know, Cape Verdeans. Um, Facebook is like, Facebook is an important platform, you know, to communicate, right. You know, uh, with folks and family in Cape birdie. So that's like the only reason why I want to have it. That is how I knew that this morning I am I made it to Cape Verdean News. You did? Yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) I was on the news in Cape Verde. I was in like a newspaper and I learned all of this because people posted the links on my Facebook. Got it. So I think I'm gonna delete like this personal one that I've had forever and just like make a new one that's really just about, you know, writing. But um yeah, I try to control what I take in online. That's smart. Yeah. It's I'm terrible. I mean,
0: I'm the, uh, like kind of the opposite end of the news spec. I, I just do nothing but follow this. Uh, really? Yeah. I feel a certain sense of responsibility. <clears throat> like I, I think there, you know, I, I, I completely respect the way that you're approaching it. Totally. And there could be, it's entirely possible that you are doing things very wisely.
1: I mean, but maybe we, not. We also, I,
0: yeah. We, but, but like, <laughs> the other side of the equation is that like, I feel like we're in an information war. right? And so I feel like I need to be, and as somebody who I feel like, I feel like I have a decent ability to parse and I have a pretty high level of media literacy because I've spent so much time immersed in it mm-hmm. that I'm trying to parse it and like retweet it or whatever. And right. Like amplify messages that I feel like are important.
1: Okay. Who knows? How, who all right, knows I'm going to follow you. Who, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm like, this is important. News. For twenty
0: for twenty four hours, yeah, probably follow me, and then and after, I'm like, all the right, deluge.
1: Brad,
0: <laughs> <laughs> had enough of this guy.
1: Um, yeah, I don't know, but I started doing this first with, um, like gossip sites, like gossip blogs, because, you know, like when I was, working, just from like when I was from Vibe to harvard you know you're at a desk doing shit you don't really want to do so it's easy to go on tmz and you know easy just to get so immersed in the lives of people you don't know yeah and then just one day it occurred to me like wow this is not my business like this has nothing to do with me yeah It's like, it just...
0: And I'm like, I feel like a parasite. I'm speaking for myself. (laughs) Yeah. Because we all do it, you know? Yeah.
1: And I just started getting uncomfortable.
0: Well, and it's like, you know, there's stuff where you're like, I shouldn't know this or I shouldn't be seeing this.
1: exactly. But
0: yet it's like all over and it's gossip Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's really hard when it just like, you know, comes across your computer screen to like not click. Right. And then you click, and you're like, "Ooh, am I participating in like something mm-hmm. like really like I'm morally compromised just by having clicked this link?"
1: Yeah, it's like I do not go on any sites like myself. If I see something, it's because like I'll see a link on Twitter. Yeah, and sometimes I'll click, in, sometimes I won't. But I just I was like, "Wow, this has nothing to do with me." So like, what do
0: you do? You're so pure. <laughs> you but you are in terms of like. <laughs> Sounds like social it. Social <laughs> media, no news, no gossip sites, no TV. I'm just TV. really
1: annoying to the people like in, in my life, in real life. <laughs> Your
0: family back home is just like, my God, would you yeah, just watch reality
1: like, TV? Yeah. Seriously, I, and I can't. It makes me uncomfortable. Me
0: too. I can't watch that stuff. Yeah. I can watch you. American Ninja Warrior. I like that show. I don't know what that is. It's like an obstacle course. Oh, really? People, like super fit people try to like, I don't know.
1: No, but I I do. I have, you know, I like to watch fucked up things.
0: Like what? Like, like dark movies.
1: I, you know what I do love though. I love British crime dramas. Okay, fucking love them. We've detected so much.
0: a small area of weakness here.
1: <laughs> yes, I love <laughs> British crime dramas, even like the worst ones. Like what, just, what,
0: what, what? What is a British crime drama?
1: I don't know, like Broadchurch. Okay, they're just they're just great.
0: You like British people? Like the, the accent? That...
1: It's not even that. It's just like they're just. I don't know. There's just something about these crime dramas that are just so great and ridiculous. But some of them are, like, really... Like, Broadchurch is amazing. I love Broadchurch. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. But then I used to, like... Sometimes I still do watch the first 48. See, that's... But that's fucked
0: up. I don't even know what that is.
1: Oh, my God. It's just the worst. It's, okay. It's not a reality show. It's, like, a real crime show that... um. I don't know like people i don't even know how you describe it it's actually really fucked up though because you know they usually like in the hoods around you know the u.s whether it's like somewhere in texas um where not miami new orleans so though you know they're like filming the police departments like go out and try to solve these crimes but it's usually you know black men that you know so but what's really fucked up is i started like reading about it because i'm like why do i keep watching this is actually like awful when i started reading about it like sometimes the 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 detectives you know they'll just go and arrest someone for the sake of the show right Uh so then this person has a record and you know they've been put through the system and then they're found not guilty and then they have a record and they can't get a job and they can't do this and like no one's there to help that person and you know, it was just these officers, officers just trying to do this for the cameras. So I'm like, wow, this is really fucked up. And I just stopped watching Yeah,
0: it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well. So that, that, that was a guilty pleasure for a long time. <laughs>
0: but you've cut this stuff out.
1: Yeah, I, I, really do. I really do try to, but my mom loves like really dark movies and shit like that. Like she watches oxygen and snapped.
0: My, you, know, you know what my mom watches? What? Hallmark channel.
1: What? Yes, that's it's, still a thing.
0: She at night before bed, it helps her fall asleep. She likes to watch <gasps> these like stories that like have like completely sugar coated happy oh. endings, like no darkness <laughs> can like. Right. My, my mom's one of these people <clears throat> who, if you tell her something bad has happened, like you know, I'm like mom. By the way, like there's an autocrat in the Oval Office who is a Russian agent. I think like we're potentially oh collapsing into like authoritarian kleptocracy. She's like, oh, Brad, <laughs> southern lady, like. Like, she just doesn't want to believe the worst a lot of the time. Yeah, You know, it's like sort of self-defense, but it's also sort of like this sunny view of life, which I find sort of charming. Mm
1: -hmm. It's especially
0: charming, I think, once you're like a little bit older.
1: Yeah, I guess when you're older. Yeah. (laughs) But like, I mean, I'm not walking in here like, Brad, this is fine. I don't know who Trump (laughs) is. Like, everything's (laughs) great. No, this world is fucked up. And I'm so afraid for like my little sister and brother and my niece who's about to be one. Like, I'm afraid. Sure and seems
0: like a proportionate response
1: yeah so i do you know i control what i can control like about what i take in but you know i do what i can um in terms of you know making sure i'm knowledgeable and things that will affect them and that you know will affect me my family and like those around me um but yeah my mom used to go to bed watching seven you know seven
0: like with the, is the movie like, like with brad pitt is it brad pitt no,
1: is it Kevin Spacey? I don't even Kevin. remember anymore. Is
0: it Gwyneth Paltrow and her heads in a box?
1: Yeah, it's like Gwyneth Paltrow. There?
0: Seven Deadly Sins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forget
1: who's in it. I
0: know. It's My Morgan mom watched Freeman's that movie
1: over and over and over. It's David
0: Fincher. It's a good movie.
1: It's great, but, but it's, it's not I, something I go to watch to before bed. Yeah. 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 Wow, it's, your, it's great.
0: Your mom's got a dark sensibility.
1: I love it. Gothic, and she's so sweet.
0: Um, well, it's nice to meet you
1: nice to meet you too is it, is it, was
0: this what you were expecting <laughs> absolutely not you're flying blind I was
1: expecting like so this poem in the book <laughs> well it's, yeah
0: it's not my show
1: that's great it's all about
0: you we just talk <laughs> yeah did you have an okay time
1: it was great okay well no, it's nice to meet it was, you it was nice to meet you too. good luck
0: to you in Los Angeles thank you all right ladies and gentlemen there you go that's Shauna Barbosa her poetry collection is called Cape Verdean and Blues it is available from University of Pittsburgh Press Go get your copy. Shauna Barbosa, Cape Verdean Blues. You can find her online at shaunabarbosa.com. She's on Twitter at shaunabarbosa. She is on uh, Instagram at shaunabarbosa. If you want to email me, the address is letters at otherppl.com. Don't forget about the Other People app. That's free. If you want to support the show, it's patreon.com slash pod. Thanks to Kill Rockstars and the band Stereo Total for the theme song music of this program. The transitional music you're hearing right now is compliments of cigarette royalty. So, it, you know, it's a, the desert trip is good. It's like you do these big family trips, and it's always like a bit of a uh, logistical stress. It's always 110 degrees or whatever. There's something that happens. But when you, they're over with, you're glad you did it. Gotta make some memories it's important it's good for the kids I can't believe I live in the desert I live in the desert it's like you sort of forget it when you live in Los Angeles unless it's like really really hot you just drive a couple couple of hours east in the middle of nowhere it's a desert wasteland I will say that flowers look extra pretty in the desert I think that's why isn't there poetry written about desert flowers isn't that a thing seems impossible but yet I think that's what poets see. Do you like how I did that? I have poetic vision. most people just see flowers in the desert. I see possibility. So I'll be back full strength next week. I'm depleted. I've been in the desert. I need to hydrate. Exhausted. Like the punching bag of the family on the lazy river. Screaming children. Okay.